that was the first little part for me where I was like, every time I say no, I feel like they're going to think I don't love them. I'm like, what is that? Where is that from? When it really is like me holding a container for them. That's like, I love you so much. I have to say, no, I have to, you know, hold this, these firm walls a a little bit more with a little bit more um, skill. And so I think what we talk about in terms of saying no is say yes more than no, but it doesn't mean it's like reframing your no so that you're not saying like no running, you're saying use your walking feet or something where it can feel like you're presenting them with what they can do rather than just all the time what they cannot do. Welcome to the Well Child Podcast, brought to you by two board-certified pediatricians, Dr. Anna Powell and Dr. Samira Arman, also known as the PD Pals, as we talk to you about topics involving raising well and happy children in today's challenging society. Please follow us on social media at The PD Pals or find us online at www.thepdpals.com. Welcome to a special episode of The Well Child. Um, it is your friendly PD Pals here bringing you another special episode. And we have two very, very special guests today. Um, they are two ladies. Their names are Veronica and Sonnet. And they are co-founders of Raising Children You Like on Instagram and also co-hosts of Not Your Mother's Podcast. Um, and they share their own experiences with us about motherhood with their audience and provide great resources for moms. So we're excited to have them talk to our listeners um, about uh, all about themselves. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We connected on Instagram and that's kind of how we met. And we were really happy to meet you guys because a lot of our content overlaps because yeah. we're two pediatricians and, um, you know, our goal is to talk uh, to parents about raising well children. And it's similar to, to your goal. But if you don't mind telling our listeners about yourself and your brand and kind of what brought you here. We started the podcast, Not Your Mother's Podcast, because we were two new moms at the same time. Um, we had been like single ladies out in the world together, and we were just like, whoa, what happened? There's so many things here that people aren't talking about that we need answers for. Um, so let's create a platform to find those answers from other people and experts and really dive into the things that people aren't talking about and find some solutions, like quick solutions, not just let's talk for an hour and maybe get some ideas, but we're like, give us like some tools here. Um, And as we did that, we met Brianna Kappa, who is a licensed marriage family therapist. And I took a mommy and me class with her. And we were like, how can we, how can we bring this incredible information that she's sharing to the masses? Well, here we are like in the toddler years, we, we also had like more children. So now all of us have two children And so we recreated, the three of us created Raising Children You Like, which is a platform for us to share about gentle and mindful parenting. Um, We we talk about handling ta- tantrums. We hand about talk about discipline and how to really show up for the discipline in a different way. And you guys also talk about this in your on in your content, which I think is something that we really align on. Is just that discipline isn't about. It, having consequences and punishing our children. It's about teaching them how to behave and in being in relationship to them and really servicing their needs um, and seeing what those underlying needs are and what's not being met. And then we take it one step further once you actually really understand how the toddler mind works and how to handle their behavior. It's like, gosh, but I keep coming up against myself and all of that. Like, gosh, there's so much self-work that goes on in being a mom and being a parent. And so we take our... um, 
our clients through a journey of really reparenting themselves. Come, like, what is that that keeps coming up for you? Why am I so triggered? Why do I start to yell? Why, why do I know not? I know not to yell and yet I still keep doing it. So what do I need to do to really shift that? And we take them through a journey to really heal and transform their inner, uh, you know, underlying limiting places that have held them back from being able to show up as whole for their parent parenting journey as they really want to. And then last but not least, we take them um, on the last part, which is really about being an emotion coach for your child, really about like, okay, so I understand how to handle your unmet needs. I understand how to help you and transform your behavior. And I have now looked at where I'm at. And now I want to really dive in and show up for the places where you are I'm going to meet you so that you are resilient and you have empathy and you know how to work in tandem with your uh, with your siblings so that you can show up together in the world so that I know how to argue with my partner in front of you in a way that really supports your understanding of how partners work together and just all the little aspects of day-to-day life and we give you these you know like this is how you handle this situation to help grow amazing resilient awesome kind people in the world. So that's it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> give give this girl an award. I can. <laughs> that's like the that's the clearest I've ever heard you talk about. It. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like I can't believe we're doing that. That's amazing. <laughs> Great job on it. Thanks. Well, it's I love lot, that. You know? That's wonderful. And and um, I I wish a lot of people had that mindset because they're listening, right? The kids, you know, and sometimes totally. forget. Um, so it's such a fine balance, I think, as a parent between not putting too much pressure on yourself because it's so hard and yeah. then, but also being aware. And I love your, the name raising children. You like, I was telling Anna about that because I say that sometimes like, you know, we have so, we have like this really big privilege of being able to observe parents in masses as our, in our job profession, you know, in our job profession, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But in our profession, um, and so sometimes, you know, I, I wish I could say things a little more honestly, just because I'm watching and not in a judgmental way at all. But like, are you really raising a child that's kind, empathetic, that's nice to others? Are you are you paying attention to that, or is is there like you know almost like a film that you can't see through right now? Because a lot of the times we don't see our kids objectively, and a lot of times, you know, we are just distracted by a million other things or just fatigue. So I love right. that. I think that's great. I mean, and that's the truth though, is that every parent has that, that fog until, yeah. until you're able to create the space and the patience to calm the chaos in your home. You know, like you feel so out of control. You feel like you're failing every single day. You feel like you don't, you know, you can't take charge of your household. And until you can actually do that, which is why, you know, the, the scripts and the avoid this, try this on Instagram are very popular is because people say that reminder of like, instead of saying this, why don't you try this? But then after that, you, you're still triggered, right? Like just because you know what to say doesn't mean that you fixed why you were saying it in the first place. And and that's where the, that's how you start, you know, the awareness comes piece comes in, but then you have to, you know, tra- if you trace the cord back to the wall, you're going to be like, oh, wow, I have so much baggage, you know, because a lot of people say that um, parents don't get blueprints uh, when they become parents. And I, we disagree. Like your blueprint is how you were raised and you're going to do what you were taught. Exactly. And if you don't change that, then you're going to repeat the patterns just by design. 
So it, what's so exciting now is that parents are waking up to it and wanting to do, you know, better, just like our parents did. But now the difference is that we have information and we have resources and support systems all across the world that are there to support you. That's yeah, awesome. That's- I'm that's just really thinking great. back, right? Like how many times have I been like, I am my mother. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. totally. <laughs> for good and for bad, you know, right, it's like right. the good stuff and the bad stuff. So right. like, there's definitely things you want to bring in and things you want to be like, I want to do that differently. Right. Yeah. And what you guys said really is important in the sense that just being aware and it's not meant to be an added stressor for parents because they already have so much on their plate. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are just trying to get by and, you know, work their three jobs or, you know, raise a family and, Mm -hmm. you know, just get through the day. And so it's so hard and, and, and focusing on just the fact that you're listening uh, to something like this and the fact that you're aware and that you want to do your part in being conscious about, the messages you're putting out there for your kids, I think that's a win in itself, Mm -hmm. just being Mm -hmm. aware, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like you have the privilege of being aware and getting to choose to do this. You know, the people that have the three jobs that can barely barely see their kids, like the way that they're learning these lessons is through like every single day, foot on the floor, resilience and, you know, just perseverance and just survival. And you know, our will, like the way that I learned that was like, my dad died when I was four, but now if I have the luxury to learn this stuff, then I could like my, our, my daughters don't have to lose a parent to become, to know what it's like to be resilient. Like I could teach resilience every single day, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious, um, you know, since we're talking, like we're getting personal, like really quick, which I love it. Um, do you <laughs> That's guys, what I do. <laughs> do you guys yell? <laughs> oh my God. I am such a yeller. Like, I, I lost it. I seriously, I was just telling Sana and Brianna like a couple of days ago, like I just lost it. And one of the, the walls that I um, realized about myself is um, of, and how I'm reparenting is that I, um, I hang my hat on being the container for everyone. Like I love to help people. Like that's the thing, you know, but if I continue helping people and fill my container with other people's crap, then when it comes to taking care of my children or my husband, I don't have the space and then I'll blow up. And so we're going to actually talk about this on Instagram next week about just how, how to prioritize the containers, right? So if you first continue, you fill your own cup, right? Make sure that you take care of yourself, make sure that you even have the space for people, then focus on your relationship because that's the foundation of your home. Make sure that you guys are on the same page, that you guys are feeling good. And then you focus on your children because you can tag team it. It makes it easier. It's a, you know, it's a copacetic way of looking at it. And then like hang out with, like help your friends, help your parents, help your siblings, you know, but it's like, I did it opposite. My niece is going through her and her fiance broke up. My mom is a mess. And, you know, so I'm just like taking up all these people's and I'm like, Oh yeah, just give it to me, give it to me. And then, you know, I see my kids and I'm like, shut up, you know? And it's like, (laughs) and and it wasn't, I mean, they were just three and two. They're just doing what they do is, you know, making a mess. And I just like, I didn't have it in me. And I just like broke down because I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, this is the work that I'm, that I need is like my boundaries and my walls to make sure that I can say, I love you. I hope, you know, um, make sure that you get some support for that and then cut it off and then walk away and and don't be the person that, that they dump on, especially when I'm not taking care of my primary focus, which is myself, my husband and my two kids. You know, what's at the crux of what you said though? Again, I love it so much. It's so great. And I feel like it resonates 
I mean, every parent will will totally relate to that. But I think that the crux of it is that women don't know how to say no. No. Totally. Exactly. Which has been the work that I really, it's like this boundary work. Like how do we, all of a Mm -hmm. sudden you have children and I know I've, I never was really taught great boundaries. So it's something that I want to shift in the way that I'm showing up for my children, not only present boundaries for them, but also model to them what it is to have healthy boundaries, to be able to say no, to be able to prioritize some things over other things. And, and it's, it's like learning a new language when you weren't taught that. And, and it's really uncomfortable to come up against that and to like, why to really ask those questions of what is making me uncomfortable? Who am I afraid of disappointing or what's come, you know, where is the shame coming in for me? Like, how, do, how is my self-worth tied into always saying yes? There's just mm-hmm. so much work there as you start to un, undo it, but there's no bigger motivator than our children to yeah, start, right. you know, pushing through right. that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is also how we raise our girls and our boys, because mm-hmm. a lot of this messaging with how women take on responsibility and how, you know, the messaging where women are the super women and we multitask and we take on everything, you know, and I think that guilt of not being able to be there for everyone really does take a load on women. And so I think mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpack there, you know, on why we, why we can't say no and why we have a hard time, um, you know, filling our cup before filling others. So I think, um, that's, that's a big thing. Do you guys ever talk about that in your, in your platforms, you know, raising girls versus boys or anything like that? We haven't talked about it, um, specifically, but we are planning on it because Sana and I have two girls and then Brianna has two boys. And so on, on her personal account, she talks a lot about, um, about how she's raising her son, but she's, it's not very on the nose. So we haven't been like on the nose about it. Soon to be, we do discuss it (laughs) offline. So it just needs to be presented online. Yeah. Um, I also have two girls and, and something I'm curious about too, with you guys. So since we were talking about like women and not saying no and whatnot, um, is also where, where does that translate in your relationship with your children? Do you also, forget how to say no sometimes to your kids. Cause I, we, again, as pediatricians, we see that so often and, and kids are such big contributors to mommy guilt. You know, I always say like, if there is a child and like, say we're having a talk about healthy eating and healthy diet and whatnot. Well, it, it's kind of crazy, but if the kids are like five or six years old, um, they already have learned how to guilt their parents into giving them unhealthy food and making them feel like they're a bad mom or whatnot. And so we always, we always say, Anna and I, like, it actually is harder to say no than yes. I say no, cause I love you. And I'm just curious what your thoughts are about, you know, how you guys view saying no to your kids. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how it it kind of started. That was the first little part for me where I was like, every time I say no, I feel like they're going to think I don't love them. Like, what is that? Where is that from? When it really is like me holding a container for them. That's like, I love you so much. I have to say no. I have to, you know, hold this, these firm walls a a little bit more with a little bit more um, skill. And so I think what we talk about in terms of saying no is say yes more than no, but it doesn't mean it's like reframing your no so that you're not saying like no running, you're saying use your walking feet. 
or something where it can feel like you're presenting them with what they can do rather than just all the time what they cannot do. And I think it helps it helps you alleviate that like I'm just always saying no and it gives you some grace around how to present present these boundaries and these uh, this container in a way that feels more supportive. At least that really it really registers for me as somebody who feels like by saying no, I'm saying I don't love you and really it's the opposite. I totally agree. And actually, yeah. I think that's such a valid point about what you're saying. And, and that's especially in the toddler phase, right? Because mm-hmm. they, all they feel like they heard is no. When I, when my little, when my daughters were little, it was more of like an explanation always. Like, let me tell you why <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> and people, I think sometimes don't give kids enough credit. They understand way more than they can verbalize actually. So mm-hmm. you can actually talk to them in full sentences and just be like, let me tell you why it's because if you fall off the bed, you're going to hurt your neck and then we're going to have to go to the emergency room. And then it's going to be this and this and this. And this <laughs> hurt. So, so no, you can't. Right. <laughs> so only sleeping on the bed. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, when Sana and I, before we met Brianna, Sana and I were in our own mommy and me group for a year. And one of the lessons, we all closed our eyes and the teacher was like, okay, so close your eyes and see how this lands on you. No, no. No. And so like she did that for like a minute and then it was, and then she was like, close your eyes. And now like, how about this? Like, yes, yes, yes. And like everyone in the room, like opened their eyes and they were like, oh my gosh, like there was such a different feeling in your body when you were just like, no, 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 no. You know, you felt that you felt the, the, the heaviness of, the restriction. And that was like my aha moment of like what that word can do to someone that doesn't understand what's happening. And that's how I felt knowing what no means and like why, you know, I don't have to know, like, you don't have to tell me why I know what no means without it. So that was like my first curiosity about that. And like Sonnet was saying, like, it, it is so much more helpful when you explain why, or when you give the positive alternative of what, they, of what they can do, because we tend to forget that children are brand new to this world and they need context. They need to understand like well, how to live in it. And if you're not telling them, then they're going to do things that are going to be dangerous, that are going to be upsetting, that, you know, so many things, or they're going to be messy and you just clean the house and you don't want to deal with it right now. And then you're going to be like, here, play with this instead, you know, instead of like, don't do that, you know? So, um, we're, we're advocates of the yes. That's amazing. You also feel that like everything you're telling them is kind of going into their subconscious. And so you just, I'm so careful about the way I word things with my, with my girls. Um, so like, you know, you can't do that, you know, I feel like that's one that, that really like try not to say, because what I'm essentially telling them is they can't do that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if y'all agree with that too. Oh, totally. hundred percent. And you hear them like then repeat it later to their animal, yeah. like stuffed animals where you're like, you know, I'll hear my, my little girl, she'll say something like, don't worry, I'll be right outside if you need me. And I'm like, she is listening to me because you know? <laughs> like, they're repeating it in their play. So it's like you, all these things, or when you're like, you can't do that, like they would then, you know, you hear them use those terms, whether they can use it then, or when they have more language to repeat it, it's going in. Mm-hmm. I was just curious, how old are your kids again? Uh, I have a three-year-old and a two-year-old. 
Oh, awesome. Do not advise. I don't advise them being that that close to age. (laughs) It is a nightmare a lot of times. (laughs) If, if, uh, go ahead. No, I was just almost one in three. One in three. Wow. So (laughs) toddler times. We're in the fire for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's how we're like, we have to raise children we like, because right now, like it can be a slippery slope. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys are on top of this early. And I think that's, this is the time where they're the most impressionable. You know, the first five years of life, they're really, really um, taking in everything that they're seeing, you know? Um, And so that's, that's really Um, great that you're thinking about it from the beginning. Uh, But is there anything you wish you would have known before? I'm going to interrupt you, little lady. I actually disagree with you. (laughs) Okay. For a Conversation a little interesting. I don't think they're that impressionable until they're about four or five. I think that I, I don't get me wrong. It's not like that's good. That's I know, really, but thank really God. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's in like different. Me. I think it's in different ways. I think it's nonverbal in the first uh, five years, and then I think it's what you say a lot of when they can understand what you're saying. Um, I think it's more of the verbal, but that's just yeah. my opinion. I think I think we're saying the same thing, but let me tell you what what I meant by that is that I feel that they um, like they're not really paying very much attention when they're two and three, because they are in their own world. It is all my world and you're living in it. And it's like my oyster and you're just kind of on the periphery for them. And so to me, like for parents, when I'm talking to them, I give them comfort. Like this is not the child that you will have in five years, trust me. But, and it's not like to give a free pass to parents. Like, well, you don't have to try until they're four or five. Of course you do. And you have to do everything that Veronica and Sonnet just said. But to me, they really like me, their antennas get straight and they start really listening to you and you build the foundation of their personality after the age of four, I think like four to 11. And then you lose them to your, their friends for a little while. But go ahead and ask your question. Exhale, exhale. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's good to have these discussions because I think there's like a hundred ways to raise kids, right? Our moms all did it differently and we're going to do it differently. And um, yeah, to me, I think that that first five years, and I think we are saying essentially the same thing, you know, when you're talking and explaining to your two-year-old, they're not going to understand what you're saying in the context behind um, why they shouldn't jump off the bed. You know, they're going to jump off the bed um, because they don't have the, the impulse control. They don't know the consequences, right? So you really can't shape their personality like in, in that sense by talking to them. But yeah, I, I, I disagree in a little bit, uh, just a <laughs> tiny little bit <laughs> that I think it's the nonverbals because I think the way parents are in those initial years, I think it does shape their personality in the future. How parents, maybe it's kind of maybe a subconscious thing because, um, you know, for, for my personal experience during those first five to seven years of, of my life, my parents were moving around countries a lot. And so there was a lot of transition. There was a lot of change. And so even though I don't think they taught me anything specifically or talked to me on a daily basis, they were just trying to get by, but just how I saw them deal with those adversities. And I think it was the subconscious. I think parts of those things were rubbed off in, sure. in, in how I handle transitions totally. and, and, you know, so I think it's like multi-layered. <laughs> it's definitely not one easy answer, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't even remember my question anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it was something about if you could go back, I think. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, yes. what would we learn or what would we, yes. So what would you tell your younger self if you could go back? Um, you know, if you had a do over, would 
would you, did you learn anything during these last few years? Um, how back, how long, like how young are we talking? Like pre kids, pre kids, pre kids, pre kids. Don't do it. <laughs> Run for the hills. <laughs> Freedom no. is good. They make it seem so glamorous, don't they? I know. Oh my god. But yeah, um, you feel like you're doing it wrong because you're like everybody's got it together, and I'm like just holding it together. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that. I love that because that's not true. Like, yeah, everyone is struggling, and for whatever reason the, you know, internet took off. And then we just decided we were just going to present the best of ourselves online and not tell you what's really going on behind the mm-hmm. closed doors. And then right. did ourselves. Because you can't hold a, a phone sister. when it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, watch what's happening. Creating <laughs> <laughs> pro- problems in your life just to be yeah. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, what would I, say? I don't know what I would say. Um, Okay. Because you honestly don't know what you're getting yourself into until you get here, you know? And it's like, even if you read all the books, you don't know how you're going to get triggered. You don't know what's going to come up for you. You don't know that. I mean, I guess the, the, the number one thing would be make sure that your communication with your partner is solid. Make sure that you guys have a game plan of what you're going to do when things get hard because it does. And it's easy, it's easy to turn on each other when you're both like, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know what to do. And you, and then you, and then it turns into these like problems that just make it even harder. So I would say that like really, really, really clean your baggage with your partner first. Um, because you're the inner baggage that you're going to work on like that, unless you would do therapy, because this is basically therapy work. Right. And most people don't want to go to therapy. So, but you do want to have a happy marriage or a relationship with someone. So, um, I would say like, make sure that you're solid with them. So when things get hard, you know, that you guys are a team, um, and know not even that, you know, how to, that you're a team, but like know how to coexist as a team, because a lot of times, especially for moms, like, it's just like my babies. And then my, your husband's like, but what about me? You know? So then it becomes an imbalance and the, the focal point of your attention goes to rightfully so like these little babies that need you, but there has to be a, um, a way to get back to that connection. And a lot of people lose it. I mean, they say like the marriages that get divorced after kids is like within three years of having a baby. And and that's just because their foundation wasn't there. Yeah. And it's such a stressful experience. United front. I feel like all the time with your partner. I mean, that was one of the, one of the things my husband and I told ourselves right away, like, even if we don't agree with each other, we'll go behind closed doors and tell each other how we feel later. But, you know, the kids will figure it out right away if mom said yes and dad said no, and then they're going to go manipulate the situation. And so it's like united front all the way. And then you can, like you said, deal with your baggage later. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And just what you said about not knowing um, how it's going to be until you're there. I think that's great advice too. Like, you know, you really can't necessarily prepare when, until you're in that position. So um, I think, I think that's a perfect answer too. You might not have all the answers right before. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, and yeah. And also know that, know that what you think is going to happen isn't going to happen. Like don't have these expectations of like, it happens with your in the beginning, right? Like your labor, your, your ideal labor. And then all of a sudden you don't have the ideal labor. And then you have postpartum depression because you had like trauma that happened 
while you, you know, because it didn't come out, the outcome wasn't what you expected or not. I mean, the outcome is if you have a healthy baby, you know, but it's like the, the journey wasn't what you expected. And, and right away, moms are put to put on this position of like feeling out of control and not knowing what to do. And so that creates a lot of doubt and a lot of fear in their decision-making as a mom. And then you start, you know, getting on the internet and you start, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that because you stop listening to yourself. Such great advice. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could talk to you guys all day long. <laughs> it was really, <laughs> yeah. we could, we could exchange uh, tips and, uh, you know, talk about all of our experiences, but in the interest of times, I know you guys are busy moms, but before we kind of wrap it up, is there any kind of take home message you'd like to share with other moms? Well, I mean, I th- one of the things you said was just how, how stressed out we all are and how we're just trying to survive. Um, and most parents, you know, like you see them in your practice. And I would say that the work that we're talking about here is not to add more to the to-do list and not to add more to the stress, but to really help alleviate that stress and to give you some frameworks to, to like focus your energy on. So you're not just always fractured and spread thin, but how can I, you know, take what I do have and, utilize it in a way that really supports myself and my children um, so that I have a less chaos and less stress and I can thrive, you know, a little bit more in the experience. I think that's great. So can you tell our listeners where can they find you and what do you have in the works? Yeah. So um, you can find us at raisingchildrenyoulike.com. Uh, we have a we have some courses on there already, Tantrum Toolkit and Discipline Without Yelling. We are in the works. Uh, we're in the middle of refilming, restructuring, adding some more layers to that, um, as I talked about in the beginning, and that will all be launching in May. So oh. you guys will have access to um, two really solid courses that take you through the behavior and handling and understanding the behavior. And then also, you know, working with yourself and addressing all of the aspects that we really want for raising children you like. Fabulous. Well, I think um, hopefully everyone will check that out. It sounds awesome. I think it's a great tool for parents personally. So thank you guys for coming on. I hope we can chit chat again in the future. Yes. Well, you guys are going to be over on our podcast, so we can't (laughs) wait. People can't wait out over there. Thank you. Thank you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, hospital, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants. The participants are critically thinking human beings. Therefore, these views are always subject to change, revision, reconsideration, and recalculation at any time. This podcast collaboration makes no warranties or representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information, communication, exchange, and the participants will not be liable for any errors, omissions, or delays in this information, or any losses, injuries, or damages arising from its broadcast dissemination or use. All information is provided on an as-is basis. It is the communication recipient's responsibility to verify any facts.